Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of my podcast, Multiple Voices. Um, I have here with me today... Sarah Maya Webb. Say hello, Sarah, to our audience. Hello. How are you, Claudia? I'm wonderful. I'm so glad that you could come and join us and Thank take you. time out of your life. She's talking to us from Florida. And is, so let me first introduce her. Um, she is an author, Sarah Webb. She's an author, a motivational speaker, and a certified yoga teacher. She uh, considers herself a spiritual activist. Um, we'll, I'll start with that and remind me. And she chooses the nomenclature as opposed to the traditional terminology of coach that uh, normally people would uh, use. She advocates for clients. And this is, I guess, the activist side. She advocates for clients and audiences to find their own power within by getting aligned with themselves through spiritual, well, through spirituality, um, through introspection that begins with meditation. Now, I know that you have a book that's coming out, out and we'll talk about that. But um, let's let me start by asking you, what role has spirituality had in your life? Oh, gosh, my spiritual journey is my entire journey. I was raised in the church in the south mm-hmm. of the United what States. What church was that? Well, it was the Protestant church, Baptist uh-huh. church, okay. Southern Baptist to be specific. What is it, a family uh, tradition, that religious background? Yes, both of my parents come from strong religious roots. My uh-huh. mom was raised Catholic and my dad uh-huh. Baptist. Mm-hmm. And I went to Pentecostal church when I was little but then mm. we all switched over to the Baptist church and oh, I was there on Sunday morning. I sang <laughs> okay. in the choir on Sunday night. Oh, well. We went on Monday night for red beans and well, rice. Until we what age? On Wednesday night for until church what group. Age? And then I went to school there Monday uh-huh. through Friday. So I was at the church a lot. <laughs> and how, how, up until what age? Until I graduated from high school. We, okay. we were steeped in religion okay. and... I heard you, very often that the the way that I knew that I was because I'm gay, mm-hmm. I knew that I couldn't be out and that I couldn't 
okay. be open with did my you, family. Um, did that area, I mean, when I hear those religions, is this has, does it have anything to do with the Bible Belt? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was raised in the Bible That's Belt. That's what it sounds like. Sure. All yeah. right. Now, can you give us an, a definition of the Bible Belt, a broad definition for our audience? That's an interesting term. I think that a lot of people have different ideas about it, but I mean, to me, it's just an area of the country where it's very commonplace for everyone to have a very specific religion and for everyone to go to church on Sunday and for businesses to be closed on Sunday and for you to basically be an outcast if you don't believe in mm -hmm. the same religion that everyone else does. It's, does it's very it monotheistic. Does it also have, um, this is a question, I mean, does it also have a connotation, a political connotation, uh, say right-wing uh, area of it politics? Can. Uh -huh. It definitely can. But not yes. always. Uh-huh. Yes, okay. well, especially because of some of the values, the Christian values that they promulgate from the pulpit against abortion mm -hmm. and against homosexuality and uh -huh. just against free choice, but, you know, being mm -hmm. pro-life, although right. we um, don't care about the life of the person who's already yeah. alive. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that when I, you know, led with the question of what does spirituality mean for you, it went right into the institutionalized religions. Because and, I was teaching it, but yeah. I found my own spirituality. Oh, okay, so let's on move life. on to that. Go ahead. After yes. high school, what happened? I went to college and started doing a lot of my own research and really lost my spirituality there for a little while. But I started doing yoga at the mm -hmm. age of 18, 19 years old at a gym. I started doing yoga because I couldn't do traditional workouts anymore. I had had some traumas with a few car accidents that had mm -hmm. really injured my cervical spine. And yoga was very accessible. And it was within yoga that I meditated for the first time. And okay. I still... All right. Now let's go back to that first time of meditation. Yes. What? How was it, let's say, um, guided or favored? How did it occur that first time? I think that there's really a lot of magic in using kinesthetic awareness or getting out that kinesthetic energy before sitting down to meditation. I oftentimes tell audiences and clients to sit down sweaty. If you have trouble meditating, if you can sit down sweaty. So I think that that was maybe what happened with me. I know for a fact that it was at the end of one of the yoga sessions, she had us lying in Shavasana and she was guiding us through what is this the, chakra. What is that for those Shavasana of Shavasana is the mm -hmm. final resting pose, corpse pose, where after you've done all these limbering activities, then you just lay down and rest. Mm -hmm. And it's really rejuvenating and very energizing. And during that, she was leading us through a visualization okay. and said that you might see, and I had already seen in my third eye, the place where we imagine things, Mind's eye, I'd yeah. seen this, this little like purple kind of wispy light. And then she said, you might see a little bit of violet. And I, I went up to her afterwards and I'm like, oh my gosh. I did, I, I did. saw it. That was amazing. How do I learn about more of this? And mm -hmm. so I started reading books and really seeking my own meditation, which uh -huh. it took me many, many years to find okay. a regular meditation practice. Yeah. Now, everyone has a different form of 
meditation practice. They were all unique, right? In your case, what did you opt for? And is it always the same? Does it change? And if it does, why? I think that, yes, it's, it depends on the person, but I'm a creative, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, and I like to switch things up. So it took me a little while to find the kind that works for me. I finally mm -hmm. found TM or Transcendental Meditation, which mm -hmm. sounds really scary and esoteric, mm -hmm. but it's a mantra-based meditation and it does require a teacher. A certified TM teacher taught me for four days in a row, two hours each, mm -hmm. and he gave me my own mantra, my own personal okay. mantra, which is just a thought word sound that doesn't mean anything right. in any language. And that, because I was allowed to continue to think as I thought this little thought word sound, yeah. that is where the magic was for me. But I had tried mm -hmm. lots of different kinds. I had gone to Buddhist temples and participated in things at yoga studios. Sure. I did a Deepak Chopra sure. course. And mm -hmm. I think that it just is a matter of finding the kind that works for you because mindfulness just didn't seem to work for me. That's something else, isn't it? I, I think it's it something is. Something else, yeah. mindfulness. Uh, it's actually it requires you to become aware of something and meditation ne not necessarily does. Um, so what I'm curious about through your description is you had someone who guided you, you saw the light, that little purple light, just so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you decided to develop that or uh, try to hone the skill of meditation. Why? What was it? about having seen what did it give you i was just drawn to it i just wanted to know more and it it felt very relaxing okay. and i don't know i i think it's just part of my dharma because mm -hmm. currently my vision for the world is that everyone will have a regular meditation practice and mm -hmm. and that is a rather valiant vision and i know it but I think that it interested me because it's part of my soul calling. Mm -hmm. And so I spent, I've spent a lot of time honing my own meditation practices and I'm developing my own that I'm teaching my clients. I create custom meditations for my individual clients as well as my group clients. Mm -hmm. And um, you, because you work with clients and you suggest to them a certain practice and you create uh, um, a personal uh, meditation for them, uh, how do you suggest they, how long do you suggest they put aside for meditation? Mm. Great question. The Buddha said, that we should sit for at least 20 minutes in meditation every day unless we are very busy and then we should sit for an hour and i advocate for as much time as you possibly can muster in order to start the habit for a lot of people who what happened the habit start of meditation okay so it's just it's about establishing the habit maybe it mm -hmm. starts with three minutes twice a day or even five minutes once a day. There are a number of different hacks that I give people. Let's say you, every single morning, you pour your coffee and while you wait for it to cool, you go and check social media or you go and put on mm -hmm. your makeup. What if you just get up five or eight minutes early and mm -hmm. while you pour your coffee and wait for it to cool, sit back and go inside and maybe 
be intentional about your day or just notice mm -hmm. how your body's feeling or maybe you make a gratitude list in your mind or maybe you say some affirmations to yourself during this time. There's so many different ways to meditate, but mm -hmm. I'd love to give you some statistics as to why meditation works. I'd love to share with you some statistics that I found in my own personal readings and uh -huh. together about why meditation works in our brains and okay. our bodies. Shoot. Just some little biology and neuroscience. Sure, sure. Scientists have discovered, postulated, mm -hmm. that all around us, no matter where we are, if we're in a busy city or on top of a mountain, there are billions of bits of data available to us. Of and the human brain is pretty amazing. Our brains process around 11 million bits per second, mm -hmm. which sounds like a lot. But we're only conscious of between 40 and 50 of those 11 million bits per second. Mm -hmm. 40, I 50, did the math. 40, 50, between 40, 40 exactly. or 50. Mm -hmm. It's on average 45 out of the 11 million bits per okay. second. Mm -hmm. And I did the math there. That means that we're conscious of 0.04% of everything that's available to us. 99.96% mm -hmm. of all of the information that's hitting our brains and our bodies is being processed by what? Our subconscious. This is how we have gut feelings, how we have intuitions, sure. how we just know things. Mm -hmm. I'll give you one more statistic and then I'll tie them together. We have five senses, of course we know. In our bodies, we have 11 million sensory receptors. Uh -huh. 10 million out of the 11 million are dedicated to one sense, and that is our mm -hmm. sight. Mm -hmm. So if you want to access that 99.96% of information that's already inside of you that you're not consciously aware of, then we just simply shut off 10 million of our 11 million sensory receptors and go inside so that mm -hmm. we can listen. It's like if you have a strong faith. Some people say prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening mm -hmm. because it's getting quiet enough so that that subconscious can actually bubble up. It's okay. literally accessing the brain waves that are associated with the subconscious. When mm -hmm. we're first born, we're in those lower level frequency brain waves. It isn't until we're about eight, nine, 10 years old that we get up into beta brain waves, which is uh -huh. what most adults are in at most times of the day. And when we're really stressed, we're in high beta. Well, in order to get out of that, you need to slip into alpha, mm -hmm. theta, and delta. Those are the stages of sleep. Alpha is that first stage of sleep. Mm -hmm. Theta, and then delta is that deep sleep. And most meditation is in that very first stage. So it's not really a hypnosis where it is self-hypnosis. I mean, meditation it is, is. ourselves, That's what but it's not a hypnosis. hypnosis where we're not aware, right? Well, hypnosis Even some... is being aware as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I've had some very deep hypnosis work that's been incredibly profound in my life. And because I was a regular meditator, it came very easy for me and I was able to really- Let me ask you, you, you mentioned um, it, Praying is speaking to the divine and meditation is listening. So what yes. do you hear? Um, oh you obviously go back and you hear some more. So, and if you keep doing it, I can safely say, well, Sarah, she's hooked on meditation because it's giving her something. All right. Can you pick out... Um, a few moments, a few moments, a few days, a few meditations that you have occurred to you that you've gone through where it, they were so illuminating and why? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
if first you don't of all, know. I think it's, first, I think it's very important that we don't sit down to meditation with an expectation. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to just be open Mm -hmm. and allow because if we're trying then Mm -hmm. we're going to stay in that beta brain wave Mm -hmm. which is where we operate most of the time but if we relax into it and allow and stop trying to push the river which is what we're doing all day long in our normal daily lives is trying to control things and manipulate things and but if we if we can just sit down and allow ourselves to get quiet and allow the body to get quiet and maybe that's focusing on a mantra or our breath. Mm-hmm. But yes, I will illuminate some particularly wonderful things. I mean, I've had some incredibly transformative experiences. I've also had poetry dropped in my head. Mm-hmm. The other day I had an incredible synchronicity where I thought of my friend and I reached out to her and she said, I was just thinking about you in my meditation. And it's like we connected in there. I had an experience where I felt completely weightless and I felt like my body was expanding as big as the room and I had to look down and make sure that I was all mm-hmm. still in one piece. And I, I firmly believe that I was feeling my aura. And I also had another experience where it was like there was a bubble forming around me every time I would sit down because I meditate for 20 minutes twice a day. Uh-huh. And every time I would sit down, this orb would just get bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and then I saw in my mind's eye, I felt this presence, this energy come in around eight o'clock or four o'clock, depends mm-hmm. on which way you're looking at the clock here. Mm-hmm. And I got a little afraid, but mm-hmm. then I've had other experiences since then where I've communicated with this entity and found uh-huh. that they were there to help me. And so, I mean, it's just one of my spirit guides that was okay, very was there early a color, on. a color attached to this entity? Gosh, it was so many years ago. I don't mm-hmm. remember if there was a color. Mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. uh, feel a, a sensation, but okay. I have spirit guides that are with me all the time, well, for sure. That's what spirit guides are for, isn't it? Right. I mean, they're with us, <laughs> or else they wouldn't be cool guides. <laughs> um, this brings me to the question because you, you mentioned, um, I mentioned, I'm introducing you that you're an author, and I know you have a book coming out. Um, I'll ask you about that specific book in a moment, but can you envision, or perhaps for this book, did your med- meditations bring you information to, or, or did you channel uh, something through the meditations and publish it in your book? Yes, that's okay. exactly what happened. I was already right. in the midst of compiling this book. It's mm-hmm. called Look Lush. It's Sorry? original. The name of the book is called yeah. Look Lush, L-O-O-K-L-U-S-H, Look Lush. Okay. The first 21 poems are entitled Look, that's part one. And it's about me using meditation to heal from a deep sexual trauma that I have completely eradicated from my life and from mm-hmm. my sphere that occurred in 2008. Amen. It doesn't, it doesn't go into great detail about it. It's not gruesome or lewd or mm-hmm. anything, but it is more focused on looking inside and how mm-hmm. looking inside i.e. meditation, is where we begin to heal. The second part of the book is 34 poems entitled Lush. Mm -hmm. And that is very aptly named because lush is something that's maybe prolifically green. Maybe it's really beautiful. Also, the word lush in the United States. Mm. For sure, sensuous. And it also means something. um, It also is slang for someone who drinks too much. Ah. And... In I 2019, never heard that before. 
Okay. In the United States, we'll call some people a lush if they oh, are. Yes, of course. I've heard that before, but not only for drinking. I've heard a person being called a lush if they were um, generally in in a, uh, um, if they generally had a pers personality of being over sensuous and, and bringing themselves forward. Yeah. But in I this case, in your book, um, what is the real meaning of Lush? So these 34 poems deal directly with me utilizing the power of nature, mm -hmm. the power within through meditation to come out of the closet and get sober. I came oh, okay. out and got sober in the year of 2019. I also got a divorce mm -hmm. and I was 80 something days sober when quarantine hit. Oh. So I went to the beach being located in Florida. I went to the beach a lot and I was dating. And then now I have married the love of my okay. life. Mm -hmm. And so that outlines that story. It's an art piece and you can read the book in less than an hour. Mm -hmm. It is a precursor to a memoir as well. All right. As so we have book. a memoir. A memoir is coming. <laughs> yes. You have a working title? I do not yet, but okay. I have an incredibly lush life in order to outline. I'm also working on a children's book, but mm -hmm. that's all undisclosed information. I'm a writer, and so this is my first attempt, and I'm really excited to get it out. It is released, or I'm sorry, my book is out. It was okay. released just a few days ago, ago yeah. and it's available on Amazon as well uh -huh. as barnesandnoble.com in print for about mm -hmm. nine bucks. It's a paperback, 88 pages, or you can do digital download for about $4. Okay. Do and, you, yeah. you assign it Sarah Maya Webb or Sarah Webb? Sarah Webb, Sarah Maya Webb. It's mm -hmm. whatever you like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I decided to put my middle name on there, but. Okay. So, there, so there's another author who's Sarah Webb. So. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Just make that put in that Maya. So that means that uh, from poems, there will be a narrative nonfiction. It's a memoir, right? Memoir would be narrative nonfiction, correct? And, transforma and transformational nonfiction is in the works as well. Okay. In fact, if you just follow me on Instagram, you'll find most of my transformational nonfiction in the captions and in the mm -hmm. reels because I put out lots of information about meditation, about healing, about gratitude, affirmations, uh -huh. and just good habits and, mm -hmm. and overall just being positive. And I'm really big on not having toxic positivity is part of my mm -hmm. message but what is allowing toxic ourselves positivity to you mm, that's like when we tell people that oh you're having a bad day but look on the bright side mm -hmm. and of course yes finding the silver lining in things and leaning into gratitude is incredibly important but it's also important for us to feel our emotions allow mm -hmm. ourselves to pass through it and not wallow in it I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people, especially who have experienced trauma like I have, either they do one of two things. They either completely shove it down mm -hmm. or they kind of live in that space. And mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of just keeping the flow going because really life is a series of expansions and contractions, expansions mm -hmm. and contractions. You look at the seasons, the tides, our heartbeats, our lungs. It is dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so it's a matter of if things are stagnant, if we stay in one place, if we stay stuck, then it's not allowing that natural ebb and flow of life in order to keep the flow going. All right. Well, let's see. I'm looking here and I see your website so people can find you. Um, 
they, let's say I have the, the LinkedIn. All right. It's www.sarahwebsays, sarahwebsays.com, yep. correct? And yeah, the right. Instagram is Sarah Web Says, And so is LinkedIn, Sarah Web Says. Mm-hmm. Great, great. And there they can find information about how to order your book and sure. any of the other things that they would need. Is there anything else that you would want to point them to on your website? I'm an inspirational speaker as well as I do group coaching. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm more of a spiritual activist mm-hmm. because I think that coach really pigeonholes people. And I like to advocate for people. And I don't, I'm not one of those coaches who says, you need to sign up for an eight-month program or be with me for two years. I try to set people up on their meditation path and mm-hmm. then let them go about their journey. And Good. so, yeah, I love to speak and write and I'm just, you know, I'm just a communicator, a super communicator. I'm trying to come up with one word because there are a lot of us who are authors, coaches, and speakers. You don't and need one word. We're just little wordies, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're a person. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And you, I'm Claudia. sure you'll be getting feedback from my listeners and viewers who uh, have the opportunity to hear what you have to say. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Many blessings to you. Bye-bye.